Welcome to Family is the Answer, an adoption and foster care podcast. I'm Karina Kuna-Henson, Managing Director for Rohe Foundation. Together with Podcast Network Asia, we're here to share resources to inform you and stories to inspire you about adoption and foster care. Hope you enjoy listening. Welcome back to another episode of Family is the Answer, the podcast. Uh, we hope you have been enjoying our podcast content. Joining me again for this week is the Director for Advocacy at Rohe Foundation. Jam, I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode because you've been the one who has really been in touch with what's happening on the ground with some of the children's homes, as well as some of the families that we've been working with um, through a lot of the advocacy work that Rohe Foundation does. And the truth is, the pandemic has really changed the landscape of um, what the adoption process is looking like. Uh, a lot of things have changed. There's now like virtual home visits. The home study reports are like submitted online via email. Just so many different things. And uh, there's been so much adapting that's happened. But we wanted to talk a little bit about what the realities are for children in children's homes. And some of our children's homes have given us feedback, so much so that earlier in the year, we published an article, your team published an article called Quarantine, A Year of Constraints and Compassion. And we never really got to talk about this issue, um, how the pandemic, how COVID-19 has affected children in children's homes and children who are waiting to get adopted. What's this article about um, and what made you and the team um, feel like this was a topic that needed to be talked about? Um, so actually what led us to publishing this article was um, we were a year in into like being quarantined in our own homes. All the effects of the pandemic was just sinking in into our own individual lives. We felt like there was no end in the waiting, like waiting when we'll get out of our homes, when we can see each other again, when will we get to hug family members and be reunited with our friends. That was really the sentiment of the world. You know, reflecting on that, we just realized that um, this isn't something new for some people and to be specific to children who are in children's homes. You know, the waiting, the not being able to look forward to a reunion with family members or friends or not even going out to hang out with friends, that was something that they've been going through far longer than all of us have. Um, And really that's what led us to kind of just being a voice and just drawing that connection of this is how we feel now a year into quarantine and a year into the, the lockdown. But this is something that they've been feeling a lot of them like, most of their lives uh, right. being in children's homes. Yeah. Um, I think when we were talking to, I think it was Jody Jackson Tucker who triggered that idea, right? And we were talking to Jody Jackson Tucker, um, author of Second Mother, a great resource for adoptive moms and foster moms. Um, but she she also um, sits on the leadership team of CAFO, the Christian Alliance for Orphans. And we were talking to her and she's the one who kind of surfaced that. Um, that, you know, while we're in the middle of what feels like a waiting game, this waiting with no end in sight, everybody is just unsure about how long the pandemic is going to stretch on and how long this wait is going to continue. 
that that kind of waiting without an end in sight is something that children in orphanages, children in children's homes are used to. Um, I remember this boy who was at one of the children's homes that I would visit a lot, um, even prior to starting Ruhi Foundation. Um, we would visit this children's home and there was this boy and he was the oldest one um, amongst all the kids. At that time, he was about four years old. And um, what I had heard from the director of that particular children's home here in, in Manila was that typically once you hit the age of three or four, um, they know that that child's pretty much unadoptable. The likelihood of that getting, child getting adopted domestically close to zero internationally getting slimmer by the day. And so this little boy, um, I got really close to him and I would, you know, sometimes come and visit him and talk to him. And, um, we found out that one of the things he does after school, he would come home from school is that he would wait by the door of the children's home. And in that area where the front door was, uh, there was a video that's playing and he would sit there and he would watch the videos of children who were his age, but had already been adopted and already been placed with families um, overseas. And he would watch their videos uh, of the family kind of coming to pick them up, uh, the entrustment ceremony. He would see them now, um, their life in in the United States or in Europe. And he would see that, you know, that they're doing so well, they've been adopted into loving families. And he would sit there watching those testimonial videos. And he would sit by the door because he said, one day my family is going to come for me. And he continued to do that day in and day out, day in and day out. When the reality for him was that his paperwork was so far from being completed, the executive director kind of knew that actually the chances of this boy being placed was actually very slim that the wait for him was potentially going to be very, very, very long. And it's been about three years since I got to visit that boy. And the latest I've heard is that he's still waiting. And I can't imagine what that's like. You know, a lot of us feel like we're trapped in our homes. A lot of us feel like the world has stopped and that, you know, we don't know when we're going to see family members. And it's kind of like, you know, when is this ever going to end? But that feeling is not new to children in children's homes. Right. It's something they're actually very used to. Right. And I want to add to that. I recall, you know, one of our visits um, in, in this children's homes pre-pandemic, right? One of the things I recall is just alongside their waiting, they know how it is. You know, these children know best how it is to wait with hope. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things we can learn from them, especially now that we're in this context. We're all just pulled together to this season of waiting. Um, but looking at them and looking at their lives and just hearing stories from their social workers, from you know their house parents, they're so resilient in that way. And just to learn from that, you know, like um, even if we feel like some days feel more hopeless than others. I just remember those kids and if they know how to wait with hope, then most certainly um, we can as well. Um, but at the same time, you know, there is some sense of urgency there for some of these kids reaching the age of majority is getting closer as the days go by. Um, right. And that's really the reality of these children that although they've gotten used to waiting, they know what it's like to wait with hope. The reality is still there that, um, if they do not get adopted or if they're not placed with the family, 
this might be the setup for them. Um, they're going to reach the age of majority, not having experienced what it's like to be in a family, not having experienced what it's like to have a mom and a dad and relatives to go home to. And I think that's one of the things that kind of just put the urgency in the work that we do. Hi, this is Mirza Sison. Got lots of goals and dreams but are phased by obstacles? Join me as I help you unpack the tools you need to navigate through life's sometimes bumpy roads. Listen to my podcast called You Can Do This. You Can Do This. Available in all major podcast platforms. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talk about waiting because, you know, these children are waiting to get adopted. Um, but you know, waiting is something that's just part of the adoption journey, regardless of which side of the story you're on. Um, a lot of times families also need to wait. So right. one of the things that yeah. we get asked all the time, right, in our consults, how long is it going to take? You know, how long is the process? Um, but one of the things that we want to surface is that while there's waiting on the side of the family, it's nothing compared to the waiting that the child experiences. The truth is it's a waiting game and the ball is in your court. Right. The ball is in the court of the family. We sometimes worry so much about the wait. How long will it take till, you know, we get this document or, you know, until this gets licensed, you know, or this, this starts to move or we get the final decision from the court. How long, how long, how long? Mm -hmm. um, and we worry a lot about the waiting. And I know this is true because I, I continue to worry about the waiting. I, I continue to worry about waiting for some of the documentations that um, my daughter's adoption needs so that it could be considered complete, right? And, and permanent and forever. But for these kids, they're waiting and the ball's not even in their court. Right, yeah. Their hope is that somewhere out there, there's a family listening to this podcast whose heart might be triggered to consider adopting or fostering a child and that their hope is that that might be them. And I think about that and, and that takes a lot of courage, um, but that's really all they've got. Um, hope that maybe someone, someone's heart would be, would turn towards adoption or fostering and, potentially that become their family. Um, yeah, it's, it's a waiting game. It really right. is. Yeah. That's why one of the encouragements or maybe even the challenges we give um, the families or the couples who consult with us is just to turn in an application or just take the next step. Um, so it is a valid concern, right? That there is a waiting game, that the process is lengthy, um, that's the reality of it. But there are steps that will not move unless you move. And the encouragement we give families or the, the challenge we give families is that another day that you don't turn in an application is another day that a child's prayer goes unanswered. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And, you know, this pandemic and what, what kind of surfaced this issue for us was one, we're in the third round of this lockdown here in Manila. And second, we heard this, the news of one of the largest orphanages in the Philippines, um, yeah. having a COVID outbreak right? and the, the need to kind of help. And, you know, we talk about the waiting game and I think that's an important part of it, but actually, you know, as you know, we go through this, this lockdown, as we go through the pandemic and all the change that it's brought in our lives, um, 
some things haven't changed for these kids who continue to wait. Um, they're struggling. They really are with like trying to figure out online learning. Is that even available? These kids don't have access to computers. And so education has come to almost a complete stop for a lot of these children's homes. Um, it's hard. Um, the wait for them is infinitely more difficult than, than it is for, for us who get to sit in the comfort of our homes around some family members. Jam, is there anything you're hearing from, you know, the children's homes, you know, what kind of help do they need um, to kind of get through this difficult time? Right. I think the reality now in the pandemic is that these children's homes, they're running at full capacity um, and it's been harder. I mean, it's been hard as it is pre-pandemic to just, you know, have to take care of the children on a daily basis. Um, and I think that just puts urgency for families um, that we meet and, you know, couples who are willing to adopt that we know might be willing to adopt. That just places the urgency to encourage them to potentially get some of these kids out of these children's homes and really place them in their forever homes so that these um, children's homes may have um, more room to welcome other children out there, you know, children in the streets, children who are being orphaned because of the pandemic. Um, they definitely need more room in these children's homes. So if you're an advocate, if you're someone who might say, I'm not ready to adopt now, but I might know of someone who, who could be willing and who could be ready to adopt, just share these resources with them and really just be a voice for those who are in this, those children's homes. Because the reality is that they are not able to they do advocate not have for themselves. Voice, they do not have a voice out there in the world because of the restrictions, um, not just because of the pandemic, but really just the setup in the children's home prevents them yeah. from being heard out there. Um, so it is our job as advocates, you know, whether you're a student, you're a young professional, um, you're a community or a group of friends, just advocate for them. And I think that will really, really go a long way. So to wrap it up, um, we just want to leave you with that, with that learning. We want to be generous with this learning, with the things we've realized over the pandemic and really just getting in touch with these children's homes to really just learn from them how it is to wait with hope. Um, and at the same time, act in hope. I think that's really one of the things that has been very valuable in the work that we do. We've seen that even with all these restrictions, with you know, um, not being able to go out, not being able to meet people, um, there are actions that we can take and there are certain steps we can take from our homes, whether that's by advocating, sharing, or you know, being a voice to others. I think collectively that hopefully would give us something to look forward to that by the end of this pandemic, the situation would be better than when we entered the pandemic, especially for these children and children's homes. And another thing is that to just keep your eyes open um, to the realities of these children and other you know, groups that are vulnerable, uh, that are more vulnerable than us in this pandemic, and to keep your ears open for stories, the amazing stories of, you know, um, of adoptions and families who were united in the course of the pandemic. And really, that just adds to the hope that we have that good things can come out of this um, situation. Being families, be united in such a dark time, um, just puts things into perspective that with the small acts that we do, um, we can create a big impact that will definitely last longer than this pandemic. 
Yeah. Thanks, Jam. I think just as we hope that the wait would end for us as we press on um, through another lockdown, um, kind of all these restrictions around how we do life and a new normal, um, just as we hope that the wait would end for us, um, we just want to invite you to join us in not forgetting the orphan, the orphan who continues to wait. Let's hope, let's pray for them that they're that their weight would also come to an end, that soon a family would respond and would say yes to adoption or foster care and be the answer that they, these children have been waiting for. And so would you just join us in keeping them in mind, advocating for them, continuing to bridge the gap uh, between them and the families who would potentially be taking them home. And also, we just want to leave you with the article, um, lead you to that on our website. If you go to rohayfoundation.org and you go to our resource section, we have an article called Quarantine, A Year of Constraints and Compassion. Um, a lot of the insights that we shared with you today actually come from this article and it's super encouraging. I hope you would take the time to read that. One of our volunteers wrote that for us and, and it's just one of my favorite um, blogs on our site. And so do check that out. Also, if um, you're enjoying our content um, through our podcast, um, we would like to invite you to rate us, write a review send us your feedback. Even we would love to hear from you if you have stories and if you have questions that you'd like to get answered through our podcast, do let us know, do reach out to us. We are so excited to hear from you. We also have consults that happen um, throughout the month. And if you go to rohayfoundation.org, you'll get information on that as well. So whether you're curious about adoption or foster care, you can set up consults with us and um, we'll get you equipped so that you can get started on that journey. So that's it for us today. We hope that you're all doing well. We hope you're all safe and healthy in your homes and um, that as you continue to wait, that you would wait also with a heart full of hope, just like a lot of the children who are sitting in orphanages today. Don't forget them. was the Family is the Answer podcast by Rohe Foundation and powered by Podcast Network Asia. If you're interested to know more about adoption and foster care, visit our website at rohefoundation.org where you can find articles, videos, and other resources. You can also find us on social media. We're Rohe Foundation on Instagram and Facebook. Again, thanks for listening and I hope to catch you at our next episode.